Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Interesting ones today, including Derek Brooks, one of the great players the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ever had. The Hall of Famer. His team is in the NFL's Final Four. He'll join me live in this hour. Also, last night, Kyrie goes off. And a huge change is coming to one of our most beloved sporting events. All that and more. Busy day. Here we go. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. Uh, The one place to start is with the NFL's Final Four. And the very quick note on the AFC side of this is that all signs are pointing towards Patrick Mahomes playing this weekend. If you're thinking to yourself, is the concussion going to keep Mahomes on the sideline? I cannot tell you with certainty he's playing, but everything is pointing toward him playing. In fact, it has gotten to the point where I think the greater concern now is the foot. I think the foot, whether it's turf toe, they're not confirming that. They're calling it a foot injury. It's a foot, it's a toe. One way or another, we saw him limping on Sunday, and we forgot all about that after he went out You know, when he looked like he didn't know what planet he was standing on. But that part of it seems to be going along quickly. The protocol seems to be progressing quickly. He will play Sunday relative to that. The question is, will his ability to run with the ball, to pick up first downs with his legs, which we saw him do very effectively in the playoffs last year, will he be impacted by the foot or the toe? That is the big question on the AFC side. On the NFC side, I was fascinated to hear what Aaron Rodgers said yesterday when talking about the sort of mental place that he's in right now and describing his future as a beautiful mystery. I hope there's more opportunities, but I don't know. I mean, I really don't. And that stuff is out of my control. I mean, my future is a, a beautiful mystery, I think. The present is such a gift to just be able to stay in the moment and to have uh, gratitude for being in a situation again and being with the guys and having fans at our stadium and maybe snow on an NFC championship game. I mean, I'm going to enjoy these moments for sure. Just not worry about what happens down the line. It's a really interesting thing, I think, for him to say, and it's the right mental space for him to be in right now. But let me give you some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I think I still believe his future remains not only a beautiful mystery, but ultimately the biggest question in the sport let me bring in Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers extraordinarily well for us on ESPN. He's on the Goodyear Hotline. Rob, what can you tell us about that? Where, where are the Packers now after all the controversy of what they did in the draft and bringing in Jordan Love, and he's not even the backup quarterback at this point, where are they right now as far as the future of their quarterback situation? Greeny, I feel like we had this conversation in April, May, June, July, August, September, didn't we? Uh, so... That was my uh, question. To That answer came from a question that I asked yesterday, and the question was this. Do you ever think about maybe this might be my last opportunity to do this, being get to a Super Bowl here in Green Bay? And then he went on with that beautiful mystery uh, question. Look, he's in a good headspace, right? I mean, he has been all year. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, trepidation in his mind right now. But you're right, like, even if he wins a Super Bowl, like, I don't know that there's any guarantee that they don't move on from him sooner rather than later. Now, would it be this offseason? I highly doubt that. Uh, But it could be. It's not out of the question. Now, on the flip side, maybe Jordan Love becomes the Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, what happened with him in New England, and and they end up trading him and sticking with Rodgers for several more years. But at this point – there's no possibility, no option off the table with Rodgers. 
I, I get that part of it. And then there's also the way he may view all of this. Like he's handled this all so well and has been yeah. so brilliant on the field. But down deep inside, and you've been around him forever, down deep inside, do you think he's good with, hey, whatever you guys want to do at this point, I'm good with, and when you decide you're done with me, that's all fine? Is there any part of him? No. No. <laughs> no. That's what I mean. No, I don't I don't think he's good with it at all, but I think he's, like you said, he's handled it the right way. And I honestly think that he's gone into this, like, I'm going to play it like it's my last season. Like, you know, that, like I'm going to do that, and I'm going to play – Right now, like, this could be it, and if it's not, great. And if it is, well, then there's, there's going to be some issues, and, and we're going to have to figure out how this is. But, but you know, like, he's talked all year about how mentally he's in such a good headspace. Go back and listen to what he said on Pat McAfee's show on Tuesday about that, uh, and it continued with the beautiful mystery answer. There's no question this is the best mental state that I've ever seen him in. And it's really coming at a time where I thought maybe he'd be in the worst mental state, given that he might be angered uh, by what happened. And not saying that he's not angered by it, but he said on that McAfee show, I'm not going to let any single draft pick or any event in my life affect my mood. And his mood, to his credit, has been all in this year. Well, that's that's exceptional and obviously well beyond football. That's an outstanding way to approach life. Rob Domofsky, always appreciated. Thank you for jumping in here. Outstanding insight into what's going on with the Packers. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. And I will tell you this. I said the moment that they drafted his successor, I said on television, Aaron Rodgers is going to go on a scorched earth tour of the National Football League. And that is exactly what he has done this year. It is a combination of the offense he's in, which obviously suits him extraordinarily well and is very quarterback friendly, and he's now in his second season in it and much more comfortable. You can see it. But I believe it is also a function of a renewed dedication to this. And I don't want anyone to tell me, and if anyone should ever tell you, what does that mean? He wasn't giving 100% before? Just ignore that person for the rest of time. Because they don't understand how life works. You can always give more than 100%. Yes, Aaron Rodgers was giving 100%. And then he saw his mortality. He saw his professional mortality. So let me ask you this question. I'll make this analogy. When Usain Bolt is getting ready to run for a gold medal in the Olympics, is he giving 100%? Is he giving it absolutely everything he has? Of course he is. Is he going to run faster if there's a bear chasing him? Yes, he is. You can always give more than 100%. They basically presented to Aaron Rodgers the end of his NFL career. They said, this is what it looks like. Its name is Jordan Love. And the future is you playing out the string here another year or two and then going someplace else, and it just kind of peters out. And he said, no, it's not. And he rose up. And he gave it even more than 100%. And he had maybe the best season of his career and one of the best seasons anyone has ever had. And here he is, one win away from another Super Bowl. And his future is, as he says, a beautiful mystery. We are just getting started. I I have so much in the hopper today. The green list is a fabulous one. It's inspired by Phillip Rivers. Who were the five best quarterbacks all time that never won the Super Bowl? I will give you that list. Derek Brooks is on the way, and a huge change is coming to sports, and I think you're going to hate it. You will hear what it is next. Just getting rolling. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny, with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The great Derek Brooks, the Hall of Famer from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will join me in just a few minutes here talking about his team being back in this spot. I am presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 in average, uh, dollars on average. Meanwhile, there is a huge change coming to sports soon, and I have a feeling you're not going to like it, and that is today's scoop. The scoop. And this is from the Indianapolis Star. I think I've told you already that this year, the NCAA men's basketball tournament is all going to be played in one place. It's all going to be played in Indianapolis or right around Indianapolis because you don't want these players and these teams traveling around in the middle of the pandemic. And I told you several weeks ago when they announced that, that not only am I in favor of that idea, but I wondered why they don't just do it anyway. I think it's probably better just to play the entire NCAA tournament in one spot. I think they frequently have trouble selling tickets at some of these venues all over the country. Seems that sending these teams all over the place, a team that that normally would play one place, now you're in Spokane, and then the next week you're in Charlotte, North Carolina. It just doesn't really seem efficient, not cost-effective. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But one way or another, the one thing I wouldn't mess with is the schedule. The NCAA tournament has carved out a place in our culture that is unique And extraordinary. So I was quite perturbed and surprised when I read that this year they're going to change the schedule. The first four, you know those four games they play that they have traditionally played on Tuesday and Wednesday? They're going to play those first four games. Call them play it. They don't like it when you call them play-in games, but that's what they are. They're going to play all of those on Thursday. That first Thursday. 
When we're all accustomed to like taking the entire day and, and watching tur- basketball all day long, all the games, that, that legendary Thursday of the NCAA tournament where more people go to Vegas and bet than any other day of the year and more people schedule, I'm not making this up, vasectomies for that Wednesday than any other day of the year because they know they want nothing better than just to sit in their house and watch basketball all day Thursday. They're not doing that on Thursday this year. The first and second round are now going to get pushed back to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. The Sweet 16 is also getting pushed back. So, you know, the next round usually goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're pushing that back to Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. The final four will still be Saturday night and then Monday night. So I will say this. If they're changing that for reasons involving the pandemic, then okay. If it involves safety, security, whatever the case may be, then certainly I'm not going to criticize it, and nor should anyone. But I'm not exactly sure I understand why that would make any difference. Why is pushing everything off by a couple of days changing player safety, security, or anything else that would seem worth it? And if they're just changing it because they want to try and change it, I would say that's a huge mistake. It feels to me like this is the one thing that you've got exactly right. The NCAA tournament, I'm all for changing things. I'm all for evolving with the times. But this is something that is perfect. It's like a masterpiece. The sheet of integrity and then the scheduling of the NCAA tournament is perfect. I'm not sure why anyone would be messing with that. So what we need to do here, Bubba, because Bubba was the one who sent me the story, is do a little further digging and find out if there is some reason I'm not aware of why they're changing that schedule. Because it strikes me otherwise as a very risky decision and probably a mistake. We'll have more on that as we go. Hey, can I remind you that Conor McGregor is fighting Saturday night in a rematch against Dustin Poirier? It's UFC 257, and it's only available on ESPN+. Plus. UFC 257, exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $69.99. Visit ESPNPlus.com slash PPV. 458, go! All right, turning our attention back to the National Football League, and as I prepare to welcome in our next guest, who is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, who is one of the great players the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have ever had, I want to play this for you and to play it for him. Because it was mentioned this morning on KJZ that I was going to have Derek Brooks on today, and that led Keyshawn Johnson to say this. Best Mm. best football Mm. player I ever played with. Is that right? Yeah, best one I ever played. I played with some Hall of Famers and some great ones, but by far the best one I ever played with. Why? What made him different? His leadership. and his, it, Never mind his, his ability on the field. It's just his leadership, just his calm demeanor. You know, Bo was like a, a grandfather at like 25 years old. Just <laughs> Old soul. Yeah, old soul. How about that, Derek Brooks, who joins me on the Goodyear Hotline, and welcome. How about Keyshawn Johnson saying you're the best player he ever played with? <laughs> Oh, my man, 19, tell him I, I'm extremely humbled uh, to hear that coming uh, from him, man. Uh, obviously, he came here, man, with, with his, you know, his big personality, man, and, and fitted right in and allowed me, you know, to continue to, you know, be the leader of this team, man, and, and really fall in, in line to the things that we were trying to build here as a culture and add to it, so... Uh, it's nice to hear teammates appreciate your hard work, you know, whether it's on the field, off the field, 
uh, in the locker room. Uh, that's what this game of football brings about, these type of relationships, uh, Greeny. And I'm uh, very humbled uh, to hear a man 19 uh, say those things about me. Now let me ask you this. He also said that you were sort of like everybody's grandfather when you were 25 years old. Do you agree with that <laughs> assessment? <laughs> Well, let's just say this, uh, Greedy. Sometimes, you know, teammates put you in that role, and you have to play that role for the the good of the team. Uh, but uh, for me, again, I I definitely uh, take that with a badge of honor. But uh, I know it's it's more or less being, you know, the I would say the calming presence in a locker room full of big personalities that was on our team. You know, somebody had to play that role, and I played it uh, to the best of my ability. And it got you all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The great Derek Brooks is with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. I, I know how close you remain to the Bucks and how excited you are for what they are doing here. How would you describe, Derek, what Tom Brady has meant to that franchise this year? Again, uh, you, can't, you can't really state it uh, in words. You just look at the actions. Uh, I look at the journey of this team uh, this past year when, you know, in times of success, they've been able to handle it and manage it well. But more or less when they struggled. In years past, you know, those struggles, you know, led to a team that missed the playoffs because they did not have that presence of a Tom Brady around to keep things going well. When they struggled late this year, uh, I just believe his presence there and, I know for a fact his influence on getting them out of a bad third quarter of this season to get them on a, a roll to finish the season, you know, with a four-game winning streak and really getting some momentum into the playoffs. So uh, his his influence and his handprint uh, is all over this team. And, again, the dividends have paid off for uh, the Bucks kind of pushing all the chips in this past offseason. Uh, to bring him here. So he's definitely meant a lot to this franchise. No, there's no question it has paid off. He, at this point, has accounted for 25% of all the postseason wins in the franchise's history. In just the one year, he's won two of the eight playoff games that the Buccaneers have won. Let's actually talk about this push to the big game, which is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone with AutoZone. When we were breaking down some some tape of the first meeting between these two teams, the Bucks and the Packers, which came in Week 6, and it was a dominating win for Tampa – and Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions, and, and we really were saying that the hero of that game was Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, who clearly seemed to fool and confuse Rodgers, which is not something you would assume happens much with a veteran quarterback like that. So my question to you is, what do you see as the game plan defensively this week, and do you think they can fool and confuse Rodgers again? Oh, Greeny, uh, you know, I'm going to pull a vet move on you. I'm not going to give away the Buccaneer secrets, man. you got a lot of people in Wisconsin that's listening. <laughs> so so, I, <laughs> so I, I would just say this in terms of the first game. Uh, the Bucks were able to uh, really take away a lot of Green Bay's running game, and that forced them to throw the ball every down. So – Again, the momentum of playing at home and them making an offense so much one-dimensional, the Bucks were able to pivot that to their advantage when it came to their defensive scheme, whether it was a pressure package, as you referred to, whether it was the disguise package or the zone matchup, they were able to 
eliminate the big play uh, of the downfield passing and play-action game of the Packers at that time. So that was a really big key. And they took advantage of opportunities that Aaron gave them. You know, had a pick six for a touchdown. Again, you mentioned another interception that they caught the ball and it was a turnover. It wasn't a pass breakup. So uh, some of the similar things will have to go into this game when Mr. Rogers gives you an opportunity to make a play against him. You have to do it, whether it's keeping him in the pocket and not allowing him to extend plays with his legs and arms, and if he throws up competitive balls, you as a defender, you got to come up with the football and make it a turnover. And as I will always say, and this is no secret, uh, Green Bay's running game led by Mr. Jones, they have to take that away to have some success. Yeah, and there's so many different things there to unpack. I agree. The great Derek Brooks is with me on ESPN Radio. Uh, first off, they intercept Rodgers twice in a five-minute span. That's two of only five interceptions Rodgers has thrown in 18 games this year. So it's incredible what they were able to do to him there. And then, yes, the turnover battle has been everything. Brady in his career, 18-0 and in the postseason when his team wins the turnover battle. So that does feel like everything. Let me ask you this. Now, Rodgers is so good, and, and this is such an incredible challenge for the Tampa Bay defense. You played on one of the great defenses of all time. Which quarterback gave you the hardest time? Oh, oh man, tough question there, tough question. Uh, yeah, I would say from a defensive uh, you know, standpoint and playing in, in the NFC in our early years, you know, far, you know, man, he was tough. We played in the same division you know, at that time, and Green Bay was a team that we were definitely trying uh, to catch. So Favre in our early years uh, gave us some problems. Uh, it was always fun, you know, to play against the Rams offense uh, led by Kurt Warner mm-hmm. and, and Marshall Falk and, you know, their uh, assets in terms of receiving Coy. It was always a good matchup to play them because that matched well, you know, with our athleticism. Uh, on defense, uh, I would say, you know, Philadelphia and Donovan McNabb was, was tough against us because they knocked us out of the playoffs, you know, three years, you know, three years. So it, it was tough to, uh, you know, get over that Philly hump. And once we did, uh, we obviously, you know, won a Super Bowl. But, you know, at that time, you know, the great quarterbacks during my era, Tom played Peyton. We didn't get a chance to play those guys so they were in the in the AFC. But, I always say, you know, in terms of a quarterback, you know, I would start with Brett because we were in the same division. It was always fun to, you know, play against uh, Kurt and Marshall in that Rams offense. It's the great Derek Brooks with me. And, and one final question for you, and I so appreciate the time. I just need to understand how you put up with it. You, you it is my belief, play golf with Booger McFarland practically every day. <laughs> and as one who has played yeah. a lot of golf with Booger, I, I just wonder how you manage that. You know how I manage it, Greeny, is I, I continue to be a few shots better than him mm-hmm. every round. Uh, you know Booger plays speed golf. You, you mm-hmm. know, you can't let his pace, you know, get get in front of you. But uh, I try to limit my conversation uh, with him on the golf course. He definitely will try to talk you out of, out of your game. If someone's listening to Booger's conversation, they would think he's a two handicap, <laughs> knowing that he's a, a 30 handicap. Mm-hmm. But he would definitely talk his game up. But uh, we play we play so much golf, I become, you know, immune to the verbal warfare that he gives on the golf course. 
The next, uh, the next time you want to give him the business, Derek, the next time I'm going to give him the business, just ask him what happened to him on the 15th green at Bayonne the day he and I played together. And I will tell you that what happened was he putted a ball off the green, down a hill, 70 yards off the green. He actually putted the ball 70 yards away from the green. <laughs> tell me what he ended up with, a 12? Yeah, he, he putted it, and as soon as he hit it, the caddy and I both said, uh-oh, and he said, what do you mean, uh-oh? And I said, well, wait till you see what's about to happen. And the next thing you knew, he had a different club in his hands, and he was 70 yards away. I couldn't even see him anymore. He was so far away. Anyway, uh, I have to run. Derek Brooks, it is a pleasure. Thank you. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck to your team this weekend, and I respect you keeping it close to the vest. I like it. All right. Thank you very much, Greedy. Take care, man. And much success to not only your TV show, but your radio show as well. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. We'll see you again soon. Maybe we'll see you as the Buccaneers are on their way to the Super Bowl. That's Derek Brooks, who is a great guy, and Burger McFarland, who is the best guy in the world and not nearly as good a golfer as he thinks he is. All right. Coming up in exactly 30 seconds, you need to go nowhere because in exactly 30 seconds, today's green list is the five best quarterbacks never to win a Super Bowl. Look at Brandon putting down his phone. He's ready to go. He's ready to guess who the list is going to be. Because with the retirement of Philip Rivers yesterday, it got us thinking, who are the five best quarterbacks never to win the Super Bowl? I will give them to you in order right after this word from ZipRecruiter. It is finally a new year. The perfect time to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny makes that easy. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. It's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, it's the green list every single day. The top five, this, that, or the other, as chosen by me, the world's foremost authority on all things. And in honor of Philip Rivers, whose Hall of Fame career came to an end yesterday without ever having won a championship, today's list is the five greatest NFL quarterbacks not to win the Super Bowl. Number five. Number five is Warren Moon. Now, the truth is that Warren Moon belongs higher on this list. The problem is, for those who don't know this and don't remember this, Warren Moon was forced because at at the time that he was coming out of college, for lack of a better way of putting it, they just didn't have black quarterbacks in the NFL. He had to go play in the CFL, the Canadian Football League, where he basically set every passing record imaginable, then came to the NFL and was sensational in Houston. He was the MVP of the league. He led the league in passing twice. He's 12th all-time in yards today and, again, would have been Way above that. We'd be talking about Warren Moon with the greatest quarterbacks ever if he had had a full NFL career. So I didn't really know where to put him, but there's no way to do the list without him. So Warren Moon is number five. Number four. Number four to me is Rivers. I put Phillip Rivers at four. He is fifth all-time in passing yards, fifth all-time in passing touchdowns. Only made the AFC Championship game once. And the lack of postseason success of any kind, forgetting just the Super Bowl, but... Just having as little postseason success as he did is what keeps him from being much higher on any list of the all-time great quarterbacks. It leads people to wonder aloud whether he even belongs in the Hall of Fame. Now, let me put an end to that discussion. He definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame. He is number four on my list of the greatest quarterbacks not to win a Super Bowl. Number three. Number three, I'm looking at Brandon. Number three is Fran Tarkenton. 
Fran Tarkenton, for those of you who go back as I do, to the Mad Scrambler, Fran Tarkenton led three different teams to Super Bowls. Now, the Vikings made it four times, but he was only their quarterback for three. He led three different teams to Super Bowls. He was the MVP of the league in 75. He was a nine-time Pro Bowler. And he was way ahead of his time. The way he ran around back there, again, they called him the Mad Scrambler because at that time that was very unique for quarterbacks. He is one of the great quarterbacks of all time. He's another one who would be remembered differently if he had ever won a championship. That's the thread of commonality amongst the players on this list. But to forget Tarkenton, I think, is to overlook an incredibly important era of pro football. The 70s had several great quarterbacks. And people remember Bradshaw and they remember Staubach because they won the championships. Tarkenton absolutely belongs in the discussion with those guys. He's number three on the list of all-time quarterbacks never to win the Super Bowl. Number two. Two is Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, five AFC championship games, four Super Bowl appearances. At the time of his retirement, he was second in 3,000 or more yard passing. He he had a million different records. Uh, Jim Kelly was the leader of one of the great teams ever. He also didn't begin his career in the NFL. He began his career in the USFL with the Houston Gamblers. That league didn't go anywhere. He wound up in the National Football League and led, again, the Buffalo Bills to four consecutive Super Bowl appearances. That sometimes is mistakenly viewed as a negative accomplishment. Going to four straight Super Bowls, and particularly after losing three in a row, is an incredible achievement. And you heard Jim on this show earlier this week. It was because of the closeness of that team, and he was the leader. So Jim Kelly absolutely belongs on this list. He is number two. Brandon, I assume you can guess who number one is. Number one. Yes. Brandon just yelled out Dan Marino, and that is correct. Dan Marino is, to me, it's so hard to quantify where to put him on the all-time list of just greatest quarterbacks, period. And people will... who. We are now talking to multiple generations of football fans who never saw Marino play, and they say he never won. How can he be as good as this guy or that guy? Just trust me, he was. If you never saw Dan Marino throw a football, you missed a work of art. Dan Marino's release was one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen in sports. It could make you cry. It would bring tears to your eyes. And as a lifelong fan of the New York Jets at a time when that rivalry was really meaningful, I've never feared anyone the way I feared Marino. I didn't fear Tom Brady at his peak the way I feared Marino when he was the quarterback of the Dolphins. Again, only made it to one Super Bowl in his second year when he took the league by storm as a rookie and continued it into year two. And he got blown out by Joe Montana and the 49ers and everyone figured, oh, the Dolphins are beginning a dynasty. He'll get back 10 more times. And he never got back. But he certainly belongs at number one on this list. Dan Marino is the greatest quarterback Never to win the Super Bowl. Greeny with you. That is your green list for today. Coming up next, take your phone calls. We'll play a game called What Do You Want to Know? You'll ask me your questions about sports and I will answer them. 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. We'll find out what you want to know. And you will also hear how one of my favorite people absolutely ruined my day this morning. That is next. Back in a moment. ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. We're going to do What Do You Want to Know in just a moment. Your chance to ask me whatever you want to ask me about the world of sports. You just have to get through Bubba to get to me, and we'll see how we do. We'll have that in just a second. Check out Marvel Studios' WandaVision, an original series, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. But before we get to that, I want you to hear how Shefty ruined my day. Now, Shefty is one of my favorite people in the world. He's one of the best um, colleagues I've ever had. I mean, he's just, an, you don't need me to tell you how great Adam Schefter is at what he does for a living. So did you see that Richard Sherman was on Chris Collinsworth podcast? And he said that he, if Richard Sherman, if he were in Deshaun Watson's shoes, he should get out of Houston and go to New York to play for the Jets. And he said that because he loves Robert Sala, who was his defensive coordinator in San Francisco, who's now the Jets head coach. So I read that on the air today and I just stopped everyone from talking. I said, no one may speak because Richard Sherman just saying that is the closest the Jets have come to winning the Super Bowl in a really long time. So I just want to live in a world where Richard Sherman has said that and no one else says a word because I knew this might happen. Adam Schefter responded by saying this. I wouldn't get my hopes up. Do you see why the NFL is king? Because Greeny wants hope so bad. He wants oh. it so bad. He's, he's begging for it right it now. And Adam, you just I'm, won't give it to him. I'm trying to keep it in check. I'm trying hey. not to let him get disappointed, okay? Look, there's a lot of possibilities, a lot of ways he could go. But Greeny, I couldn't say this any more clear. I wouldn't get my hopes up. That's all. Let me interpret that for you. I am the Shefty Whisperer. I've told you this before on this show, and I will tell it to you as long as I have this show. Adam Schefter doesn't just stay stuff. He knows stuff. And he's very measured in what he says on the air. Adam Schefter is not telling me not to get my hopes up because he has a gut feeling that Watson to the Jets is not the way this is going to go. He's telling me don't get my hopes up because he knows I shouldn't get my hopes up. That ruined my day. I was much happier living in a world where Deshaun Watson might come to the Jets. Adam Schefter, you can take him very literally at his word. I wouldn't get my hopes up. I wouldn't get my hopes up. All right, we have uh, more on that as we continue today. But Bubba, now it's your turn, as uh, you have carefully selected the exact right people to jump on the air today and ask their questions. We're going to play What Do You Want to Know? Bubba, who is our first caller? Yeah, let's go with uh, Stephen. All right, Stephen, what do you want to know? Hi, Greeny. First off, never doubt Adam Schefter. Watson is not going to be a Jet. Sorry, my friend. 
I agree. Secondly, I wanted to know what you think in regards to uh, QBs in the NFL currently. Do you think the NFL is moving more towards a mobile scrambling QB, uh, such as like um, our our good friend Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes? Yes. Let me, let or do me you stop think you they're wanting to really keep with the Steven, pocket passers of like? Brady? The answer is yes. The answer is a definitive yes. The, the The answer is that we have now arrived at a place where when they are analyzing prospects for the NFL draft. If they do not have the added dimension of a level of athleticism and ability to run, you don't have to be Lamar Jackson. There's only one of him. You don't have to be Josh Allen, who is a great runner. But if you don't have the ability to get outside the pocket, to pick up occasional first downs with your feet and all the rest of that, that's a major hindrance, a major drawback as a prospect because it is a huge part of the NFL game today. Huge. That's why Mac Jones, the quarterback at Alabama, whom I love, because he's got a laser for an arm and he's super smart and makes great decisions, but he's missing that ability. He doesn't run with the football hardly at all, and that is a major problem as they analyze these prospects. So the overwhelming answer to your question, Stephen, is yes. That is an enormous part of pro football today and will be increasingly slow so going forward. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? We got Kyle. Kyle, what do you want to know? How you doing? I was wondering, do you think that the 49ers take a run at Aaron Rodgers this offseason if he doesn't win the Super Bowl with them? You know, it's his hometown team. He loved them. We missed out and make it right and get them back home. Absolutely, yes. I mean, Aaron Rodgers wanted to be drafted by the 49ers in the first place. They had the first pick in the draft the year he came out. Mike and I were doing the draft that year on ESPN Radio. He came and sat with us after he fell all the way into the 20s to the Packers, and he looked like a person who had, who, like a member of his family had died. I remember saying to him on the air, what was probably an inappropriate thing for me to say, candidly, but I said to him, Aaron, just remember that it is a great privilege to be a first-round draft pick in the NFL. I was just trying to cheer him up because he looked so devastated. Do I think San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan would, would, would fight, kill, or die to get Aaron Rodgers? Hell yes. And so would practically every team in the NFL. The beautiful mystery of his future is going to be one of the most interesting stories in pro football the next couple of years. I don't think it happens this offseason. Bob, I have time for one more. Who you got? We got uh, Robert. Robert, you're on ESPN Radio. Robert, what do you want to know? Good morning, Greeny. I hope you do not interpret this as a criticism. God forbid. But I really have to say this. You recently had a poll, one of your Greeny lists of the five greatest players over 40. Yeah, And I was shocked that you did not include, maybe not as number one, but perhaps as five or four, Gordie Howe. Look, he played till he was 50. And when he played at 50, I believe for the Hartford Whalers, he had both his sons on the same line with him. Just as this morning, you talked about five greatest quarterbacks who never won. Yeah. Let's hope perhaps you'll humor us someday and have a greeny list of the five greatest goalies who never won a cup or even the five greatest players who never won a cup. Fair enough. I, I'm with you. Robert, thank you for the call. And I'm only cutting off because I'm up against the end of the hour. I got to go back to that list and we got to look because we definitely considered him. What did Howe accomplish after the age of 40? The list was not the greatest players who played past the age of 40. It was the greatest athletes and what they accomplished after the age of 40. We'll go back and look at that one. Meanwhile, the best thing that could happen to any young player. Next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.